0: In this episode, I'll be talking about why starting an online business might be the best thing you could ever do for your pageantry career. 2020 hit pageants hard. And whilst everyone else is talking about how to walk, how to talk, and how to dress, no one's answering the real questions like, what should I do when I've lost all motivation? How can I regain my confidence? How do I pick myself up after a soul-destroying pageant experience? Or should I even be doing pageants in the first place, especially after 2020? It's time to make sure your inner game is as strong as your outer game. It's time to make sure you're aligned so that you're pulled towards your goals rather than being pulled apart. It's time to put that imposter syndrome to rest once and for all. I'm your host, Adrian Kwan, and welcome to The Pageant Boss Podcast. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Pageant Boss podcast. I think this is actually episode 10, so we made it to double digits. Uh Look, first off, huge thanks to everyone who has commented, liked, shared, sent messages of support about this podcast um, and the clients who have booked in coaching sessions with me as well. It's all super, super appreciated. Um, it's a nice feeling after sort of volunteering my time with a pageant project because it's certainly I say volunteering because it certainly is not on a paid basis. Sort of putting two, three years into pageantry that people trust me enough to um to listen to what I'm saying and trust my judgment to some extent at least, even though I've obviously never competed in a pageant and I certainly don't take that for granted. So thank you. I had a um very random message from a pageant queen who's let's say, well-known enough that she has the blue tick of, um, what well, the Instagram blue tick, the official blue tick. And she reached out to me and she said, if you're ever doing another book, I'd love to be part of it. But she said, I saw, you know, you, you cropped up, your page cropped up or your post cropped up like three times within 24 hours. So I took it as a message that I should reach out. So um, yeah, you're welcome, guys. I'm spamming your feeds with all this um, pageant nonsense. Uh, But yeah, it's all, look, it's all sincerely appreciated. So, I mean, on that note, if you do want to book in a session, then hit me up at thepageantboss.com. There is still a special offer going until the 25th of April. I believe it's the 13th of April now, 14th of April. So there's uh, just under two weeks to take advantage of that before the prices go up. That being said, let's talk about owning your online business. Right, big word entrepreneur, but let's make it let's simplify it in terms of you want to start an online business, and I bring this up because if you've been following me for any amount of time, you've no doubt heard me mention online business multiple times because I'm fascinated by it and twenty twenty one I'm committed to mastering it, not just being enthusiastic about it, and when I say mastering it, I mean creating a six figure business an on a six figure online business so that you know concretely what I'm talking about. And the reason why I started looking into it more seriously was actually because of my work with the pageant project. And I was beginning to get the sense that a lot of you are interested in starting your own online business. I would do Instagram polls and it would be 100% people saying they had thought of starting their own business. And bear in mind, whenever I did an Instagram poll, we would almost never... Be a unanimous vote on anything. In fact, I don't I don't think any other poll was ever unanimous. I mean, even my poll about who likes Tim Tams wasn't unanimous. Some people didn't like it. So that really got me thinking, was like, well, why why are so many pageant girls interested in owning their online business? I could have a guess. I'm not exactly sure. And I'm sure for different people it's different reasons. I think Part of it is a lot of you want to help other people. So a lot of the businesses you're looking at doing involve empowerment or mental health or something similar, which is great. But the more I dug into it, the more I began to think that one of the best things you could do in order to advance your pageant career was to actually learn the skills of creating a successful online business. Now, when I say successful, I'm I'm deliberately saying that as in you didn't just start an Instagram page, put up a post, and then nothing happened, and you can say you started an online business. No. I'm talking about the genuine skills, the nuts and bolts skills that, by the way, a lot of the time school doesn't teach you uh, what it takes to create a successful online business. Now, Success to you could mean a hundred dollars. It could mean a million dollars. I don't know. You get to define that on your own terms. But not just in. T- I'm not talking about followers here either. I don't think you say a business is successful because it has a million followers on Instagram. Who cares? Like giant. Who cares? I mean, if that million followers doesn't translate into any money, that business is not doing well. If you have a hundred followers, but you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year you're probably smiling all the way to the bank because not all followers are equal and sometimes you don't even need people to follow you to do business with you. But why have I been thinking more and more, especially after 2020, where so many of you lost your jobs in really heartbreaking circumstances and some of you lost a lot more than jobs, don't get me wrong, I'm very aware of that. But why I've been thinking more and more that entrepreneurship is very important to pageantry And there are a few ideas that I can share with you. Hear me out on this and tell me whether you agree. Number one is the things I've been alluding to in past episodes about being able to capture people's attention by standing out. That is completely from my experience in doing business. Because if you don't stand out, no one will know about you. I've I've talked about the white noise. I talked about it with awareness campaigns, I said, You know, everyone and their mother is doing an awareness campaign. So if you're going to do one, you have to make yours different somehow so that it stands out and actually does gain awareness. And by the way, some some people didn't take that too well. They were kind of trying to defend, and I knew this would happen, trying to defend awareness campaigns, but they kind of missed the point. And I knew this would happen too. It's because they got emotionally defensive, like I was attacking them. And I never said awareness campaigns were bad. What I was pointing out was that when there are hundreds and thousands of them out there, you doing another one is actually maybe not the best way to raise awareness if that's really what you want to do. So maybe there's something you add to your campaign or you make yours different in a way because business wisdom always says that being different is better than being better, right? So if you do something the same as someone else and you make it better, that's great, but that's certainly better than doing it worse. But if you can make yours different somehow, then that's actually preferable and you stand out a lot more. And sometimes you don't actually have to make it different. You don't actually have to make the product different. It's the way you word what it is, the way you sell it, the way you market your campaign. It's more in that way. So rather than saying it's an awareness campaign, you word it in a different way. And then people feel that it's different, even though essentially it might be the same. People feel they're getting into something new and exciting, and it's much easier to bring them on board than when you're just part of the white noise. So that's definitely part of it. Learning to market and sell yourself. Very important for interviews for nine to five jobs as well. Learning to get attention. Another very useful skill. Another thing that you will get very good at is talking. Speaking, dealing with rejection, all of these things that seem to scare a lot of you, scare me, it scares most people who have common sense, I think, that rejection, that conflict. And sometimes in pageantry, we feel that there shouldn't be conflict, right? People shouldn't be having a go at you, etc, etc, because that's not what pageant girls do. Well, that is one way of looking at it. But let me just let me put it to you this way. If you went into the business world and anytime someone any anytime someone criticized you, you shut down. Or anytime someone criticized you, you said that's not what that they shouldn't be allowed to do that because we're all on the earth to you know, we should all be supporting each other, you're not gonna do very well business. So business, if there's one thing it'll teach you, it's to have really, really thick skin and to deal with rejection and to even take the harshest of criticisms and look at them and go, is there actually an element of truth to it? Is there a grain of truth to it? Something that I could actually learn from and improve that you won't, you can't believe how useful that is in pageantry, just that resilience factor. When you've had to sell your business, when you've had to compete that competition with other businesses to to gain someone's, you know, get them to take out their credit card and give you the money versus one of your competitors, then when it comes to things that freak out a lot of other pageant girls like interview or being rejected or not being good enough, you will have a different level of just doesn't bother me because I've dealt with something much worse before. And that's the best way of learning to learning to deal. Let me put it to you this way. When I was tennis coaching, I would say the best thing we can do in practice is make the practice harder than the actual match, right? But that specifically meant the pressure because what would happen very often is that tennis practices, they wouldn't keep a score. They would just be hitting the ball. So there's no pressure. And then you go to the match and you fall apart. It's not that you suddenly forgot how to hit the ball. It's that when you were practicing, there was no pressure on you at all. So you had no resilience. And to bear this out, very often when um, I would suggest to people in their practices to actually play matches or at least to keep a score, you would be surprised at how many people were not wanting to do that because they were running away from, as silly as it sounds, running away from failure. Because if you keep a score, there's always an a chance that you end up, well, with a fewer points. And you can view that as, oh, I lost or I failed, whichever way you look at it. So learning to embrace that resilience. When you do a business, when you create a business, when you're in business, you have no choice but to do that. And it can really help put pageantry in perspective. Um and it can almost make you immune. Not completely, you don't feel any butterflies or any nerves whatsoever, but it can really, like if you talk about interview, you will treat interview almost like the most relaxing, and I'm not exaggerating at all, you almost treat the interview as the most relaxing part of the pageant, because you have dealt with so many harder questions and criticisms, then what can be thrown at you in any foreseeable pageant interview that for you would just be like water a duck's back. It'd be like, yeah, I really enjoyed that interview. And your competitors, your other contestants would be like, oh my God, so stressed out, I'm so stressed out, I'm overwhelmed, oh my God, and then come out crying and all that. And you're like, wasn't that bad, was it? I actually quite enjoyed it. And I've seen that. I've seen people who are so used to criticism and judgment that when they go into a pageant, they actually really love Love it, but specifically they love the the interview because, and they love the other parts because they're used to the competition, so they can actually enjoy it. When it, whereas when you're not used to competition, it can bring out the worst in you. And I say this because a lot of the times when I've seen contestants lose it, you know who I'm talking about—the sore losers. Those are the people who very often have not experienced a lot of competition in their lives before. I feel the people who are the most well-adjusted in pageantry in terms of they accept that they're going to lose sometimes are the people who've competed in the past. Very often it's dance competitions, by the way, because obviously there's a lot of overlap between um, the dancing spheres and the pageantry spheres. Both have a lot of females. Both have that competitive element. And both also have to, at some ex- to some extent anyway, enjoy being on stage because if you don't like being on stage as a dancer, well, what are you going to do? Um, but the people who've lost hundreds of times maybe in dance competitions, when they lose at a pageant, it's like, I mean, it's disappointing. Don't get me wrong. They're not happy to lose, but it might bother them for a few minutes, for an hour, for a night. And the next day, it's like straight back up. All right. Are we doing this again? Okay. If we're not, cool if we are how are we going to improve what did i learn from that experience so the competition learning to deal with pressure huge 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 and in today's society where more and more competition is being taken out because people mistakenly think that competition is a bad thing and it's not obviously being too competitive anything taken too far is going to be have some negative consequences but learning to compete, absolutely a positive thing. And as I said, the first thing, learning to get attention, learning to market yourself, learning to sell yourself, put yourself out there is huge, huge, huge. The last, and I think one of the most impactful things, honestly, is to secure your finances. Um, I have some opinions on this. If, hypothetically speaking, pageants are supposed to put forward role models then I think that applied when you say role model I know you could be a role model in one aspect of life but maybe not the other but I would rather I would feel more comfortable putting you up as a role model if I thought you were a role model in every sort of aspect of your life maybe not everyone not not every is maybe that's inaccurate but more than just one so for example I, I wouldn't feel it's comfortable putting you up as a role model if you were just in great shape versus if you were in great shape. If you were, I think a really helpful person looking to help other people, if you spoke well, um, and, and if you had either a great career or you had created a really successful business for yourself because so many people want to learn how to start an online business. And even if you're an influencer, the people, the influencers who actually are the most successful ones, they also need to know how to create a successful business. You might fumble and fuddle your way through it, but if you're successful, you end up with a successful business model. And I just feel distinctly uncomfortable in this day and age, putting up someone as a role model who, and you can disagree with me on this, but not only do they, let's say, they don't feel comfortable putting up, putting out their career or their business as something to aspire to, because maybe they're actually a little ashamed about it. But if you don't have, if you haven't taken care of your finances, it impacts you in so many ways in your pageant preparation and sometimes maybe the way you value yourself or the identity you have for yourself, that I don't see how it couldn't impact your pageantry career. Now, I am not saying you should go out and make a million dollar business so you can spend a million dollars on your next pageant. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is the self-esteem and the pride you will have in yourself from either having a career that you're really enjoy, you really enjoy enjoying and you're really proud of and you've worked really hard for or the business that you've created that you've worked blood, sweat and tears for, you know, sleepless nights for that self-esteem. I think is so important and it comes through so clearly when you're on stage because you don't need the pageantry at all. You don't need the pageant for validation at all because you're going to walk off that stage even if you come stone cold last and you're going to go back to a career or business that you've created that you're proud of and that you're probably really really good at so you don't need the pageant for validation now i am talking in general stereotypes obviously there are other ways there are other aspects of your life where you could get validation from, and they're just as important, if not more so, I mean your sense of worth comes internally from yourself, it's separate to your finances, definitely, but the finances help they say there's only three spheres of life that all of us have in common that we need to concentrate on: health, wealth, and relationships, and I hold all three I didn't used to by the way, but I hold all three as equal meaning. If you're really going to be that genuine, well-rounded role model, yes, you want to take, you want to be in good shape mentally and emotionally. That's all covered in health. You want to have great relationships. I'm not saying you have to be in one, but I'm saying you have to have at least some healthy relationships with friends in your life. And I think you need to have a healthy view on relationships. You're not someone who's going around bitter about all men are this or all women are that. Right. Or you're toxic to other people. You use them as objects to be used and discarded. Right. So you want to have your health unlocked. You want to have your relationships unlocked. And yes, the wealth, which is generally, you know, career or the business or both that you've started. And if you can have all three unlocked, I'm not saying by any means all three are perfect. Right. But you in each one of those spheres, you would rate yourself at, let's say, And seven or eight out of ten, like a solid seven or eight at least, and that it's, I'm talking more about the direction you're moving, so maybe you're not a seven or eight yet, but you're making progress every single day, then you're going to have an esteem that's unstoppable, and you're not going to need the pageant for validation, which ironically means you're much more likely to win it. It's like the I mean, you've seen it in relationships, unfortunately. When you're the needy person, what happens, right? If one person is really, really into the relationship and really, really needy, and the other person isn't so much, what happens when the needy person comes towards this other person? I mean, you've seen it, right? Generally, it's like, oh, can you just get away from me? Can you just get off of me? But then what happens if that person suddenly doesn't need them anymore? And it's just not Actually, what happens, but this idea that's popularized as playing hard to get if you, if the person suddenly doesn't need your attention anymore, you're like, oh, why don't they need me anymore? And then you go to them, right? It's we're humans, we're weird, it's weird psychology, but it's true. I mean, if you want to make a baby want something, you just take it away from them, right? And then suddenly they want it. I mean, it happens even with my, such as human behaviors with my cats. My, I have two cats, and each time I feed them the same food, they're both convinced that I've given the other one better food, because they always go to each other's bowls. It's just wired into us, right? If something keeps, If something is shoved in our faces and keeps getting given to us, we don't really value it as much. When something is highly prized or highly valuable, or we have to really fight to get it, then we tend to value it a lot more. Which is why, by the way, when you, when everyone's giving away stuff for free, that's sometimes the worst thing you can do or you're charging really low prices because then people just don't value it. You might think it's great. You're not charging that much, but, uh, you know, there's a reason why certain people will buy Aston Martins or Rolls Royces or huge mansions or spend millions or thousands of dollars on expensive cosmetics or clothes and other people, and other people won't right? There's a certain expectation. I'm not saying it's accurate all the time, but there is an expectation when you pay a lot for something that it's better or when you fight for something that you value it more. Let me leave it there. This is more an episode just to get you thinking, because as I said, I know a lot of you are so interested in entrepreneurialism. And what I noticed also when I ran my latest poll was that the queens who seem to have achieved their pageant goals are more interested in entrepreneurialism. I thought that's really interesting because it's almost like now that they've got the pageant that they wanted and they're satiated there, the next stage for them to get their voice out and to make an impact is to learn how to create an online business. Um, The ones who were more interested in me doing a pageant summit were the ones who hadn't, I think, won their ideal pageant yet. So they were still on the hunt for that. And I kind of think that might be backwards. Or you can have both at the same time. I really think learning how to create an online business or look, learning how to write a good resume and you know, upping your career, I think that that could actually be one of the most beneficial things you ever do for your your pageant performance that you could ever do. I don't think anyone else would ever think of it that way. I think a lot of people would think, well, it's got nothing to do with how you, how you do in pageantry. But mindset underlies everything. And if you're secure and confident in yourself, in your health, your wealth, your relationships, it's going to show in pageantry, right? By the way, if you are interested in starting an online business, at the moment over on the Rat Race is Dead podcast, which is the other podcast I'm creating an episode every day for, you can check it out um, on my other socials, Adrianjquan.com, K-W-A-N, that's my name, adrianjkwan.com, um, or adrianjkwan on my socials. I am currently putting together a book where I'm I've just begun approaching some of the biggest entrepreneurs in the world, specifically the ones who are experts at creating online businesses. I'm not talking about your Richard Branson. I'm talking about people who, for example, one of them makes multiple six figures off being a Fiverr or off being on Fiverr. One of them does similar being a VA. One of them does affiliate marketing. One of them is associated with a huge company called ClickFunnels. And by the way, this is all alien to you. And you're like, what on earth are you talking about? And you, if that's you, and you're saying to me at the same time, you want to learn how to create an online business, then you're really going to want to know this book. Because the language that I just used should be language you know if you want to go into the online business space and be a success. And I'm not saying that from a place of judgment. I I never have any judgment. What I'm saying is, I've spent years and years and years obsessing about business and it's almost, I'm so interested in business. It's almost like some other guys are interested in cars or some girls are interested in makeup. I'm interested in business. And all those years that I've spent sort of finding the right people, finding the right tools and all that, if you get this book, if you follow me on those socials, you can just save yourself a hell of a lot of time, right? So do that, follow me on Adrian J Quan, or if you can't find it, Just send me a message and I'll hook you up. Um, I'm not going to sell you anything here, but I think that book could really be useful. And if you're someone who is interested in online business and creating a successful business or an app or not-for-profit, whatever it is, then I really think you should check that out. And you might just find that that could be the best thing you've ever done for pageantry, for your pageantry. Take care, guys. I'll see you in tomorrow's episode of The Pageant Boss. Are you someone with big pageant dreams, but you're feeling kind of stuck? Especially after 2020? Maybe you've lost your motivation. Maybe you've lost your purpose. Or maybe you're just not sure what your next step in pageantry should be. Over the last 12 months, I've worked with clients from systems such as Universe, World, International, USA, and Grand. I've helped girls get their motivation back, rediscover their purpose. And develop an unstoppable mindset Sometimes one conversation is all it takes to completely turn your life around And I'm opening up my coaching calendar to you for the first time Just for listening to this podcast So open a browser and head to thepageantboss.com Where you can now book in for private one-on-one sessions with myself Booking is immediate And you could be up and running in less than 48 hours Don't let 2021 be the year that got away. Book in now at thepageantboss.com. And I'll see you in the next episode of The Pageant Boss Podcast.